Welcome to Reverb Roundtable, a weekly show that brings the brightest creative minds and digital producers in sports, entertainment, politics, news, and more to share their stories and strategies that will help you become a better leader and creator. This podcast is hosted by Clark Campbell, the founder and CEO of Reverb Agency, an event media production company where the goal is always to make great events look great online. Today, we are joined by our good friend, Jeff Salyer, the director of media services at Lee University. At least half of our team worked for Jeff at some point in our college careers, and we have so much respect for all the knowledge he imparts. We dive into what college recruitment has looked like in the past, how they virtualized their biggest event in the year of 2020, and what they learned and brought into virtualizing it in 2021. Now onto this week's episode, here's your host, Clark Campbell. Hey everybody, welcome to the Reverb Podcast. I'm the takeover host, actually I'm the guest. Clark couldn't get the intro right, so I thought I'd just intro it for us all. So I got Will <laughs> and Clark, and I'm Jeff Salyer from Lee University. Hey Clark, how's it going? Jeff, it's so good to be here with you today. Um, thank you for inviting uh, William and I. We've, uh, if, if, we've, if you could see behind the scenes of what's happened today, it's been so much fun. We're disheveled, which is every day. Uh, Jeff, thank you. Thank you for bringing us on today. How are you hey, this morning? I'm just glad to be here with you guys, especially with Will and Clark of Reverb. Now, you know, the, the Reverb team is huge. It's big. So I get to work with a lot of the team. I don't know why we haven't brought John on here to talk more because clearly John is would bring the Hollywood firepower to the Reverb uh, podcast, especially the visual side of things. Um, probably don't want P-Lock on here. I don't know. No, I, so I'm throwing a little shade at the Reverb team because I love all of the Reverb team so much. And uh, I'm glad you guys actually had me on this week to talk about Lee Listen. and what we've been doing. I'm taking this back over because you're being mean to our crew. Um, <laughs> Jeff, to be fair, I'm sure 50% of the Reverb crew was a part of the was, Jeff Sawyer crew at one point. They, they still look at Jeff as their boss. So I live an insecure life because <laughs> uh, Jeff raised up, raised up to life our children. I are not our children. Um, My his children. children. <laughs> his children, which are now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of context there. We have a lot of people who say, uh, do you just hire Lee students? Actually, we don't. They just happen to be proximity. And we're very proud of the incredible talent. I'm just going to throw this out there at the beginning of this uh, podcast. Um, we just uh, recently uh, did the SEC baseball tournament. And I was just mind blown to think about John Bouvier, who edited uh, a literal masterpiece, in my opinion, who knows if everybody else thinks that, but a masterpiece of a championship edit. And Will and I were texting. Um, and by the way, John was one of Jeff's students, sort of. He was an actor, not really. a. He wasn't really a, an editor, was he, John? Jeff? He was doing some shooting and editing. I mean, he was kind of cutting bit. his teeth when he was up. Yeah. And he was and a host, too. A year and a half later, John is, again, in my humble, biased opinion, one of the best editors in all of college sports. It is just a, a year and a half into this. I just can't believe it. Um, so kudos to you, Jeff, for raising up great well, You know what the tragedy around that situation is, too? The fact that John still isn't being able to utilize his amazing powers for Lee University sports because we're not, we're not oh, doing this yet. One day. Yeah, no, they got a good team going on over there. They do. Um, they do. They have an incredible uh, Carmen and Cole, all of them. They, their their team has grown. They're doing an awesome, awesome job. Um, so, Jeff, back to you. Um, you are over at Lee University. You've been there for like half a century. Um, you've been there for a while, um, 20 years or so, uh, so a quarter yeah. of a century almost. Um, university content, real-time social I mean, you think higher education, and typically you're going to think slow, sluggish, uh, but you guys are like, I mean, having to be a factory of content. You've got 70 plus in, uh, institutions within the institution that are trying to fight for space and, and visibility. And we're going to talk about Lee Day in just a minute, which is the primary event product that, that we're going to get into. But talk about how hard it is. Um, the load, the team, the the strategy. Just tell me, coffee, roundtable, Jeff, sure. go. A brag on the university, whatever oh, you gosh. want. So tell us what it's like. I had to give a little history, a little context, because 
universities don't always have media teams built into what they do, especially universities like Lee. We're a liberal arts university, private, a smaller institution compared to, say, your SEC institutions or, or other state schools. And so this has not been a typical, like you don't have a video team that you can just go. A lot of the smaller schools outsource that to production companies or, or marketing firms, and agencies. Mm-hmm. And we've had a built-in video team since the 80s when video was just kind of on the cusp. So uh, Dr. Khan, who was the president then, he became president in 1986, hired um, Dr. Ron Gilbert uh, to run a video team. And Ron, at the very beginning, was a freelancer. And he did, um, you know, he had his own company. And eventually, Lee hired him on full time. But Dr. Khan and, and Ron were doing recruitment videos VHS videos before anybody was doing that. And they would actually make a, a, a long form recruitment video, 15, 20 minutes. And it covered lots of aspects of campus life. They would make them on a VHS, put them in a hard shell mailer, <laughs> mail it to the prospect. The prospect oh would gosh. also in the mail, get a return label and the, <laughs> to mail it back, to mail it back. No. Yeah, so they could send it to more people because it cost a lot of money to make VHS back then. I mean, when I was doing VHS duplication as part of our job, you you could buy VHS for 30 or 40 cents. But back when VHS was new in the mid 80s, you know, we were still having the Betamax VHS wars. Then uh, (laughs) VHSs weren't cheap. They were expensive and then postage wasn't cheap either. But there was no Internet. There was no other way to get a video to somebody unless you showed it to them on a big screen in a meeting which it had to be filmed then because there weren't really video projectors that were any good. And so anyway, this is kind of, that's kind of the beginning of the context. And so from 1986 until now we've been doing video and growing as the industry changed, as technology changed, uh, we were changing with it and we've done a pretty good job of adapting to what's going on, not just in higher ed, but just in production in general. Let's jump to Lee day. Lee Day was uh, a two-year virtual product, virtual experience that was not before. It was before we go into the virtual, let's talk about the historical context of this event. It's the the biggest recruitment event. Is it something that all universities do? Tell me about Lee Day before 2020. Mm -hmm. Why did it exist? What were the results? Tell me a little bit more about it. Sure. So Lee Day has existed since the 50s at Lee. Um, And it was more, back then it was based on like a state day. So it would be Tennessee's day at Lee. It would be Georgia's day at Lee. And it was basically out of our church denomination. So we were were very much denominationally connected to the Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee. And so those churches would connect us with their students from each one of the states. And so they would come in and do tours and get information. And uh, it rapidly over the years, I mean, that's a long history from the 50s. I think the first one's 1954. Don't quote me on that. I did make the documentary about the history of Lee, but that wasn't (laughs) a part of it. It was part of the research, but not necessarily in the final cut. Uh, And it did develop further. And I think it hit um, rapid growth mode in the 80s with Dr. Khan. I think he saw it as an opportunity to combine people from all over the place into Lee and to learn more about Lee. So it's really a college preview day or days. Uh, It takes place now typically before COVID on a Friday and a Saturday. Uh, And people come in on Friday afternoon and there's a lot of, or Friday morning, there's a lot of stuff to do. And then Saturday Mm -hmm. and by the end of the day, by the afternoon on Saturday, we're finished. And that's kind of the way that's kind of been the model for, the last couple of decades with changing of what that content is sometimes or what the events are. And we showcase our music, we let people go to classes, they do campus tours, they get to meet all the clubs and organizations, they get to meet professors and talk, they get their classes selected for the fall if they're already applied and accepted. So um, it's a multifaceted for a multi um, different audiences, right? So there are people who've already applied and are accepted and they're coming to kind of just revel in the place they're going to be like, this is going to, I can't wait to be here. Right. There are people who are still, who have applied and are still making the decision, even if they've been accepted. 
there are people who come here who are on the fence, and this is going to be one of those things. There are seniors, you know, rising college freshmen and rising high school seniors and sophomores. There are church youth groups that come. There are, you know, schools, Christian schools or other schools that bring groups of people here. So it's a wide variety of people, and it's always been an on-campus experience that in the recent years, we've kind of live streamed some of the events to encourage people to come, but nothing has been as outwardly focused as we've done the last two years. Yep. Jeff, obviously this event is huge for recruitment for the university. And as you've been saying at the end of your run there, the fact that it was on campus was so central to the experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those of you guys who have never been to Lee, Lee's a gorgeous campus. And that has been and Stunning. probably always will be a big part of the recruitment efforts to get yep. students there because the campus is just so nice. And so I know a lot of people might be on the fence about Lee. And then when they show up, simply just being on site is the determining factor for them because they realize how great the campus is and then they want to commit. So as COVID's hitting and then you're trying to, really change the initiative of what the event is you're trying to go online with it you're losing a lot of the selling factor of lee you inherently have a lot going against you because your biggest asset is physically having people there so as you're transitioning with that and you're having to figure out a new approach you know obviously we talked a lot about it a lot with you all but what was the change for y'all's team in rewrapping your mind around how to sell lee university without having the biggest selling mechanism you guys have, which is the campus. Yeah, I mean, our campus has undergone tremendous, unprecedented kind of growth since the last 35 years. We've gone from like 25 acres to 120 something now with just almost like a new building built a year, dorms and classrooms and stuff like that. And there's an energy here. Like you come on campus, it's kind of like what you're talking about, Will. There's it's not just the beautiful buildings or the, the well manicured lawns and the landscaping is just great. Right. Yeah. It is yeah. the energy of the people. It's the, the feeling like this is home. There's a family here. It's an experience. Yep. So how do you bring that experience when you can't bring the people? And that's a challenge. That's, that's perhaps the biggest challenge of trying to make lead day work for a virtual audience or a non in-person kind of audience. And so you have to think through, what is the what is at the core of that experience when they come on campus, right? It, it's not just a building. It's not just walking through the the gates or the clock tower or the forum. It's it's about feeling welcome. It's about feeling home, and it's about connecting with the people and the history of the place. And so you do that by creating an online experience that mimics that that can both show the heart of the place, show off the place, the physical nature that is a selling point, and then also talk about what the experience is going to be like when you get here. Because you don't get to get the full experience when you come on campus. You just get a taste of it. And that's what Lee Day. So we were trying to just whet the appetite and say, this is Lee. This is why we're a little different from other places that you could choose from. And this is why this might be the best fit for you. So I've heard... Clark talk about Lee Day Live one and two a bajillion times. So I don't want to hear Clark explain it. Jeff, explain <laughs> what we did Ouch. together in yeah. Lee University part one. And we'll talk about the sequel after that. But you know, you've talked yep. a lot about Lee University and Lee Day Live originally. You've talked about challenges that we need to overcome. Let's talk about what we applied and kind of what we built for Lee Day Live in sure. 2020. So I want to take a step back and just say, this is an extremely collaborative effort internally at Lee, as well as externally with Reverb, because we have a lots of different entities inside the institution that are engaged in recruiting students. So primarily that's our admissions department and um, they handle Lee Day. Like they are the creators of Lee Day. They manage the whole event. It is their baby, right? This is their thing. Typically, my office, media services, and then our in the kind of the marketing side of things, we come alongside and help provide content to make it even better, right? Enrich the experience with the content they need. Stuff you can't just show in person. Mm-hmm. We can en- enrich what they're doing in person, and it just comes alongside. And there's other entities too that on campus. So when we get the Lee Day Live, so COVID shuts everything down mid March. 
Lee Day typically happens the second weekend of April-ish, maybe the first weekend. It just depends on when Easter is, too, uh, every year. And so that doesn't give us much time. And as everything was kind of in crisis mode, it was delay, delay, delay. This is going to, you know, flatten the curve. This is going to be over. We're going to be able to do events. And it was, you know, delay, 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 cancel, 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 cancel. And we get to Lee Day and we're like, this is our biggest recruiting thing. We have people expecting to come here and they're not going to be able to come here. We've got to give them something, right? We got to sell them something. We've got to provide them the experience. So what do we do? Well, let's punt the date back a couple of weeks and let's come up with a virtual experience. Let's bring in all the people internally around the table we need to. So that was market media services and marketing and then IT um, and admissions. And we all kind of got around the table and we brought Reverb in because we Reverb has been a trusted strategic partner of Lee for the last several years, helping us develop social media plans and marketing plans and content ideas and just really good partners in that. And so we all got around the table and said, what are we going to do? And yep. at that point it was, well, it has to be an online experience and we we're going to, it's going to take a ton of video to make it work. It was pretty clear that video was going to be the thing that helped us get through COVID as far as an informational thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And the difficulties with being in person to make video became an even bigger challenge. And so we were all meeting together, but we were meeting together virtually. We were meeting together. This is before social distancing was really like, yeah, a thing, right? It was we really, were really figuring room. out COVID protocol yeah. at this point. Nobody, there were no masks nobody, either. Nope, not in those early, early days because nobody really yeah. knew how to mitigate it. I mean, we were all waiting on CDC guidelines. We were waiting on the government to help us figure it out. And while we did it, we were as careful as we could. I mean, I remember having like gallons of hand sanitizer in there and nobody really knew how the transmission happened at this point. So anyway, yeah, yeah, we were still that, meeting yeah. in person quite a bit. And so we got to the whiteboard and just started fleshing it out and Clark took a marker and drew what looked like either an amoeba or a virus uh, on the whiteboard, which was apropos for the, uh, where we were at. And we started connecting all the different experiences that we wanted to, that we wanted to sell and then figure out the content after that. So it was basically building the strategy, right? What do we need to say before we decided what we were going to say? So how or how we were going to say it. We knew video was going to be really important. We also knew that there didn't need to be some live elements, uh, mm-hmm. some actual live elements, and we knew there needed to be some pseudo live elements, stuff that we shot as if it were live and presented it live, but we needed the quality to be a certain level. So doing it ahead of time would have been a whole lot easier. Does that explain? Really I think something that's really important about that is this has been an event that you guys have been doing for decades and decades and mm-hmm. decades, but it was still hyper important that we figure out what the purpose of this event was specifically right. for this year. Cause it's something that you guys have gotten into an amazing rhythm on. And so you didn't have to actively mm-hmm. think about purpose and communication around the event year in year out because you had a system that worked. And when that system was then thrown off balance, we really had to go back to the drawing board and clarify every single element of what is essential that we include, what is essential that we communicate, what are these feelings that we're trying to get out of these students and trying to portray to them, what examples are we trying to show because we had to reinvent all of it mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. hypercritical to ensure that we knew everything that was necessary. In less than 17 days. In less Literally than Literally 17, 17 days. days. Which, is, Basically, which is, by the way, you're counting less than three weeks. Yeah. I mean, and we were basically working 10, 12 hour days. And at the very end, it was more like 14 hour days just to get everything done or more. I think some, I think Will may have been working 16 hour days or something, but um, I got to go home a few of those days. The, uh, you got a yeah, I mean, you, you have to rethink it. like what works live. Can it work virtually? And if it can't, then how do we redo it? And then what is the purpose like, why, why do we do this event? Now, there was always a purpose for the events, but it gave us an opportunity to rethink the way, way it could look virtually. And then it gave us a way to rethink how it might look live. Now, again, that's admissions baby, but we got to have those really good conversations about how we can present this in those earliest days. Right. And it was intense. I mean, those were intense conversations. They were intense production days. They were intense everything for, and we knew we had a deadline. Um, 
everything else had been canceled. And here's the other thing. Nobody was going anywhere. So our audience was captive at home. Everybody was at home except us because yep. we were here working. It's true. Um, it's true. And so the whole, you know, every college junior and senior were sitting there and no schools were doing anything. As far as we know, we, did, we didn't see any other kind of activity like this from other universities. So I think it's just a testament to the resiliency of the internal um, the people internally who were making decisions, Dr. Khan at that time was our president and, mm-hmm. and Phil Cook, the VP for enrollment. And then their whole team with Darren uh, Eccles is the is leading the admission side of that. And they were making really good, strong decisions that we had to do this. And so my, my VP, Jason Van Hook and I, and our whole team, we just got behind it. I mean, it was not, it wasn't a question of, if we're going to do it, it's just a question of like, how are we going to pull this off with excellence in the amount of time we have, who can we bring in as strategic partners and how can we just pull this off? And I think you guys are part of that really early conversations on all those things. So, I mean, I don't think it was a no brainer to bring you guys in to help us with it. I think it was after that. It was when it became like, what do we make? How do we tell the story? I don't think I've ever, 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 in my professional life experienced I felt like we had to build a skyscraper um, in like or build a hospital. Um, I know there were actual heroes building hospitals in New York and other places, but um, it felt like we had to build this. We were asked to build this hospital in in 17 days. And it was, and so like talk about like the guessing part of that, Jeff, I knew, I know I was writing on the whiteboard, but I was in a sense trying to just pull together thoughts that everybody was having in the moment. So mm-hmm. what was it like um, last year and even this year realizing, mm-hmm. oh gosh, we're going to have to do this again virtually. And yeah. not that not that virtual is bad because honestly, virtual is giving us a new frontier to build off of the in-person. But what was it, describe the emotions of guessing um, and, you know, like how challenging that was. <sighs> Guessing is guessing is a challenge because different people could guess different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I tend yeah. to lean into my gut and my gut is often informed by research I've already done. So I wasn't, yeah. nobody on our team was having to go scramble research about who are we trying to talk to? We, we knew, right? We all knew it was just part of who we are. Nobody, we didn't, I didn't have to go and say, what's the best way to talk to these people? Because we all knew that, you know, maybe I'm biased, but video is, is the dominant factor in all social media right now. And it's the dominant mm-hmm. factor just in, it's culturally pervasive, especially in the age group that we're dealing with. So we knew our audience, mm-hmm. we knew the vehicle. Then it's, then you got to just kind of guess, like, what's the most important things to talk about Lee? Well, we know Lee. So we go in knowing who we are. We go in knowing what we need to say, and then we got to figure out the nuance of that. So where are the it's complex conversations that you can't how can you have a complex conversation over video? And that's that's where you have to start just making really good educated guesses. And one of the things that we went with early on that I think helped us to inform all the other decisions that we were making was we gamified the experience. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, we put an incentive for anybody to take part in the virtual experience, because if you're just sitting at home, we are competing with things with people sitting at home. What are we competing with? We're competing with an Xbox or a PlayStation. We're competing with yep. YouTube and YouTubers. We're competing with Netflix and we're competing yep. with like every other thing that are out there saying, do me while you're at home, right? This is what I mm-hmm. consume me, consume me, consume me. So we also know that we're all we're dealing with serious shoppers of Lee mm-hmm. or yeah. maybe not so serious shoppers of Lee, but serious shoppers of college. So what incentivizes a college student or their parent to participate? And, you know, the gut call on that was let's let's do the what we normally do at Lee Day and let's give some scholarships away. But let's put some conditions mm-hmm. on it. Lee Day already has conditions to scholarships must be present to win. Right. So we give away thousands of dollars of scholarship at Lee Day, but they have to be there at the very last event. They had to do something. They had to register. They mm-hmm. had to go to a lunch typically. And then they had to be there at the very end 
in order to be eligible for the scholarship. So can we take this out of real life and put it in virtual? And what can that look like? And that then became the framework. So we knew our research. We, our biggest guess was, was, is gamification going to work? And then based on the research I'd already done and, and people in the room were all for that, then we said, okay, this is how we can approach this really mon, you know, it's huge task and get people to actually want to participate because, you know, you can put out the greatest trailer in the world. That doesn't mean somebody's going to go watch the movie. Right. But if you put out the greatest trailer in the world and say, you come to the movie, you might win passes to movies for the rest of the year. Right. That's kind of, and it's a little more significant because college, we know college costs is up across the board. People are really concerned about their finances COVID had created this crisis that we didn't even fully understand at the first point of the, at the first one where people were going to lose their jobs and it was going to be, you know, important. And so this extra money available to anybody, people who participate was, was important. And we threw some fun stuff in there too, like Amazon gift cards. I think that was part of Clark's yeah, idea was like, let's give them for participating on social. Let's go find them out there. Let's compare and contrast 2020 yeah. versus 2020. Jeff, tell us about the two different approaches there. So in 2020, 17 days, build something that we can track, monitor, and get crazy. people engaged into we the system. Crazy. They're nuts. And so our IT department, uh, Nate Tucker, kind of came up with this uh, template, templated website design that would allow you to do uh, registrations and the gamification would be a lot easier. And we decided to do... Yeah codes on the videos that they would enter in and yep. we could track it that way and we could see that everybody did the, did the task. Um, it was a, it was a little bit more difficult, I think to do it this way because we had to go outside mm-hmm. our own servers. We were using a template to help build things, but then we had to kind of go skin it all and brand it all. And mm-hmm. it was a little more difficult, but to pull it off in 17 days, and I, I think they even had maybe a little less time than that to pull it off between his team was phenomenal. Um, it was a hundred percent virtual though. Right. So this is, this is a big differentiator between 20 and 21. It was a hundred percent virtual. No, um, you know, the, the playing field was there. All the videos were embedded. It was cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Moved to 2021 and we decided Pretty early on. Now we held out hope that the spring would allow us to have in person, at least in some form, because we had been having in person classes and we'd have been having in person chapels, distanced and following all CDC guidelines. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty serious around here. Like you just didn't get within six feet of people in class. You didn't chapel only had a hundred or two hundred twenty people could go in the concert, which normally sits. 1800 people. So it was serious right here. We thought maybe we could do that. Well, you can't bring in the prospects that you want to bring in a thousand prospects or more on campus with our own students. And if you can only sit 220 people in the concert, so have to go virtual with it. We held out hope, but we did have meetings and stuff like, how can we incentivize this even more on the front end? So they're not caught by surprise. In fact, they're invited to participate. And so we, we have a committee and um, somebody brought in a mailer and said, what if we send something like this? And it was huge. And I have one around. I have it around here somewhere, but I, I should have pulled it out. It was like a car lot mailer, right? It was one of those things you get that had a scratch off it on was. it. It's like, come in here <laughs> and huge. you can win a car or a TV or huge. a cooler. Right. And I think everybody yeah. wins, but you can't scratch it. So you come in here, which is the gamify, right? That's the gamify right. of this, these boards to get you in there. You see all the nice shiny cars, the salesperson's like in your face, like, hey, let's do a test drive and you can win. You have another chance to win more. Hey, look, you want yeah. a cooler. Okay, cool. How can we take something like that and incentivize people to come in? And, you know, we batted a lot of ideas around the room. There's a room full of smart people, creative people. And we came up with sending um, each applicant a box. And in that box, we filled it with some Lee stuff, some Lee swag some information um, and then this mailer thing, which became more like a game board or a map. We, we, we called it a map because it was our campus map, but uh, it really was a game board and it had stops on it that you could do things at. 
And so that became the foundational piece for then us to build the digital world. We took a physical map, a physical piece that we mailed to people and encouraged them to register. And then they could actually come on our website and we built mm-hmm. the, the second virtual lead day or lead day live on our own website using our own domain. So it was the university.edu slash, uh, I think lead day, lead day. And that took them to the map as if you would have seen in the printed version. So our applicants, the people who have already applied and shown interest got a box. It had a pair of Lee branded socks in it, a pennant, um, some M&Ms because we have an M&M factory here in Cleveland. <laughs> made and right a, here in Cleveland. Made right here in Cleveland. And they make Twix bars too. And it smells good in the morning when you're running, but makes you hungry for some chocolate cookies. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and some other local stuff too. Like there was a lot of local things and just kind of some decorative stuff. And then we mailed out these boxes to the students. If you were not an applicant, but you were on our list, so you were in our CRM, then you got the map as a mailer standalone by itself. Now you could have been a junior, you could have been a senior and you got this thing. It says, Hey, come participate scholarships available. If you come through and do this thing. And so that's kind of how we approached the second version of it. And the second version, we were a little less constrained in the content world about what we could make because we weren't having to be, um, we, we, we learned how to do social distance video with actual people in the space, not having to use Zoom. And so we just changed our approach from the content side as well. So we've really dove into the platform differences within the two years and they had insane build outs in their own rights. Jeff, kind of talk to us a little bit about the outcome of these events. Obviously, this these events are huge recruitment drivers to you. They're essential to organizational success because at the end of the day, if you don't have students, you don't have cash flow. If you don't have cash flow, you can't keep your job in that beautiful office that you're in. And so they're, they're paramount to making sure the university both survives and thrives, especially in this difficult time that everyone was in in this COVID season. So talk to us a little bit about the outcome of the event in 2020 and in 2021? So it's, you know, it's really difficult to put a quantitative, like this event brought this many students to Lee. What we can do is say this event occurred and it probably, it could have mitigated the loss that would happen due to COVID. And the part of it is like, we're here, we're still providing an experience, a learning experience. And we are going to in the fall in some version and you need to know who we are and not take a year off because you, of the uncertainty of COVID. You know, at that point, a lot of the state schools had already made the decision. We're going hundred percent virtual in the fall. We at that point had not, and maybe not then, but a little later, we hadn't said what we were going to do. And we ended up coming in person in the fall and doing a hybrid version where people could do uh, online if they felt like it or if they were somewhere else where they couldn't get out or they could come on campus and we'd split the classes into hybrids. So what we can say that Lee Day did was say, hey, Lee's here and we're still a viable choice for you if you don't want to go to your local state school or you don't want to go to community college where you're not going to be in person and you still want somewhat of a college experience in your freshman year, then we are definitely a choice to make, right? And so thousands of people registered for the Lee Day Live experience in 2020. And we can we can go back and see the views that were very high. The uh, one thing we haven't talked about was the virtual campus tours that were occurring. The people that went on virtual campus tours were extremely high, probably higher than the, I can't say this for sure because I'm not in, in admissions knowing their numbers, but probably as high, if not higher than if they were on, per, on, on in person during Lee Day. In fact, that's a holdover that stayed from 2020's Lee Day until now are virtual tours. And when I say virtual tours, I mean real life guided tours from tour guides who are using a video that you guys, along with us, created for admissions that they can go through and play the video while they do a tour. And so there you go. You get that on-campus experience. That's the thing that's a holdover that we even did in this one. And they're doing every week they do these virtual tours. So we had lots of people come and consume our content and put the codes in. We know that they watch the content because they put the codes in. 
at the end that says, hey, I watched this whole video and those codes came at the end. So they were exposed. So brand exposure, you know, I think for us, I was thinking about this this week. I think you know, one of our goals and when we're trying to help admissions and enrollment in our, in, in our department, so creating video or, or social media or whatever we're doing, is to drive that recruitment element, that enrollment element, because tuition does create our budget. We don't have a giant endowment like a lot of institutions. And so that's one of the number one things that we do. I think number two is always going to be brand awareness. So we have that experience that we're driving enrollment and creating brand awareness from people who may not have known us that stumbled upon us or that were in our CRM. They're like, oh, I don't have anything else to do. I mean, I think that's important to understand that. The shift in the second version of it was we were very more targeted towards our applicants because we wanted to matriculate them to us. If they're interested enough to apply and they've been accepted, we want them to choose us. We want to drive that matriculation rate up. And so we're very intentional about talking to them. Now, obviously, we don't know what the results of that are. We won't know until the fall. But feedback has been really good. Anecdotal feedback is good. Our views were, were pretty good as far as what we are met our expectations in a lot of cases exceeded expectations for what a successful virtual event would be. And so I think that's the driving thing. So going, and then the last part of your question was how is lead a going to change? I mean, I think there will always be some sort of hybrid element to go along with it. Now, I don't know what that'll be. Uh, next that was spring. my next question, Jeff. Oh, that I'm sorry. Question. Hold well, on, we kind of teased it. Hold okay, on, hold on. A I, I hold teased on, a little bit. I, I will say you before did. we dive into that, one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to live events or virtual events, it doesn't matter, is there's always content that's generated for the event that is viewed mm. at the event and then gets stored never on a be. hard drive to mm. never be seen again. There's actually, yep. a, I won't say the name of it, but there's a big event that we've been a part of for a long time. It is like a legacy event. It's been around for ages. And I was talking with someone the other day that worked on that staff and they were talking about decades of content from brilliant leaders, brilliant sessions, content that thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of work got put into that never sees the light of day and literally sits on a few hard drives in a closet that collect us throughout the years. And we were talking about the tragedy around that, honestly, and how we're hoping that one of these days someone's going to get their stuff together and figure out how to talk to yeah. all these individual events and get them on board with utilizing this, what is now kind of legacy content that still holds a lot of weight to it. But I say that just to say, my biggest takeaway from Lee is that Lee Day Live is that I love that the tour still gets used day in and day out. Because mm -hmm. even if only that happened out of that event, that's still super cool to me because what we built for that specific event got to be utilized day in and day out mm -hmm. on behalf of y'all's marketing and recruitment efforts. And that's super cool to me. Well, and then more than just that, I mean, after last, last year's lead day, we went into kind of a marketing campaign creation. So we developed yeah. a, 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 some drip campaigns and some matriculation campaigns. And we, and I would say recycle, but we, it's not really recycling. We repurposed yeah. and used it. Uh, the content we made for lead day into these, campaigns and so yeah, you guys you know the the listeners or viewers won't know but we did these mini tours too so these kind of like hype tours of all these academic buildings and dorms that's all getting used every day we're emailing those out they go out on social ads they're they're hitting they're on our website you know anywhere anybody could find like these little mini tours of the communication arts building they're looking for communication arts it's on the communication arts website now and that was yeah. built out of our work that we did during Lee Day. Exactly. And in fact, we had to redo some of it because we didn't want to show uh, our COVID, COVID shower curtains, right? You know, yeah. we, we had to be careful. We wanted to show people we can't, but that's okay. But we use, we repurposed tons of the content to use in marketing efforts um, on our website or in these campaigns too, not just the tour, but the tour is the coolest like live thing that still happens. So I okay. want to wrap with this. I want to wrap with this because it's and it's it's about it's going back to the future here. Um, back to the back future. To the future. <laughs> All right, it's good back to the future. Um, it is. Uh, so talking about where what what lies ahead, a lot of people out there will be like, "Well, no one's going to travel again. Everybody's going to wear masks, and everything's going to be virtual, and then just a few people are going to travel." So anybody that has a prediction one way or the other, I kind of like a little bit inside roll my eyes because I'm like, well, 
Um, so I'm, I'm setting you up to roll my eyes at you, Jeff. Um, unless you take the path of least resistance, which is down the middle, I think. Um, I, do th I do personally believe that right now we're seeing this surge of let me get out and go places. So I think you're going to see a resurgence of people being on campus. But I also think I've talked to enough people that I also believe people tasted the ability to not go everywhere. That's the key mm -hmm. phrase I would say. I don't mm -hmm. want to go everywhere. I just want to go to a few places and I can do the rest of it from my front porch having an iced tea or something. So I, I think if you look at like students coming to a, a university, if you get one or two students, that's a pretty significant uh, investment in the, your bottom line, right? For the school. So if a hundred students visit, but two of them decide not to, that's still worth keeping virtual, I guess. So what do you think is going to happen? It's not your call. I get it. Admissions has a lot to do with this. But what do you think? Give them your advice. What do you no. think is going to happen moving <laughs> What do you think so is going to happen moving forward? I don't see this as a problem. I don't see virtual as a problem. I see it as job security. I no, I see it I see it 100% as opportunity. Like where some people see problems, I see you know, in this I see opportunity to do something different again. I listen this has been the year of innovation. I don't care if you're in our world, this has been the year of innovation. Yeah. And, um, and when I say our world, I mean, production, um, yeah. events, it's a year of innovation. We streamed 370 something events in the calendar year from COVID start until the, till this May. Wow. We're streaming nonstop. People love it and they're consuming it. Right. Mm. I don't know that it's people that are getting used to it. And there, I don't think it's a laziness thing. I think it's an opportunity no, thing. Like, and I think mm. you're right that people will take a choice of what they want to do. I, for me personally, my daughter is still a few years away from choosing college. She's choosing Lee. Um, she doesn't, she knows that, but she <laughs> said, I'm giving her choice, but we're going to go actually visit in person because I think that's an important part of the the recruitment experience but not everybody feels the same way we do right hey i'm an i'm a pretty much i'm an introvert right if you give an introvert an opportunity to not go somewhere but still get the right. same information they're probably going to take you up on that yeah. i i just see it as an opportunity for us to innovate again so i'm not saying that we have to like rethink lead a 100 again that's not again it's not my call but what i can do is say how can we come alongside rather than being the pusher or the puller in the last couple of years, you know, cause we're the vehicle instead of like being the vehicle and dragging the trailer of Lee day down the road with content, how can we come alongside and be in the sidecar and like everything you do, we just like put it out over here for the people who yeah. just aren't going to come. Or what about the people you're trying to give a taste of what the real experience is and you want to come next time. Yes. So, but we've been doing this, well, but we've been doing this for a while. Though. This is the whole of point of real time. Your this is the whole lawyer. point. No, this is real time social. This is Reverb and Lee has partnered for years to do real time coverage of big events. And the whole point mm -hmm. is, and you know, the argument early on was, well, people just won't come. No, no, no. People will second screen while they're here and you will give event envy to the people who are not here. And that's the whole point, right? Like you want people to come and be on your campus. So let's give event envy to sophomores and juniors and maybe seniors and invite them to come over and say, hey, you can have your own experience too. You just have to come over here, right? And so to me, it's an opportunity to do that. I love to be in a sidecar helping people out. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not a great analogy. Maybe I'm just in the in the shotgun seat, shooting out social media videos to people while <laughs> the real events going on. I, it's fun. I mean, it's satisfying for us to be able to make content that's getting used both in the real thing, you know, in the real event, which I, you know, Lee Day's coming back in the, in the spring. I, there's almost, I'm 99% sure. And it'd be probably bigger than ever because hey, everybody we wants percent sure in february of 2020 there was going to be a real lead day so oh yeah that was 100 percent. we were like whoo at least this is over and we don't have to do this again yep 
Jeff, I do have a simple but last question for you. Normally I ask people, what, what should you stop doing on the internet? What should you start doing on the internet? But I'm going to ask, what's the biggest thing you learned as a leader or a creator throughout this pandemic experience? It could be a philosophical learning thing. It could be a hard work and hustle. It could be you can overcome anything. Like what did you, what was, what, when you look back and you go in five years and you go, man, that year, I learned, this was the defining thing for me. What was it? I, you know, I like to be thoughtful about these kinds of things because you can just say something frivolous and it works, something cliche. And for me, it was an exhausting year. Like I have been exhausted. And a lot of that is because of virtual fatigue. And so what I have learned is the importance of the reset, right? The importance of the rest, but not just for me as a leader, I got to make sure that my people that I lead are getting the rest and the resources they need. Sometimes it's not even rest. Sometimes it's just resources. Sometimes it's just my time. Sometimes it's just an answer, yes or no, right? And so I've learned to push for those things, like yeah. rest, resources, and response. And when you get those things, it makes your life as a production person, as a creative, as a thinker. I mean, I, I'm always thinking about stuff. It makes it a lot more digestible than if you are working 12, 14 hour days in a row. And we put in a lot of, a lot of hours this, this last spring when we take into consideration Lee Day and then we went straight into an inauguration of our new president, which was a hybrid virtual event. You know, Lee Day was 100% virtual. The inauguration was hybrid, which it was highly intense. And I mean, that's tough. And so resetting, you know, responding and just just getting the resources you need, which we got great support. And I just, I mean, I just came off a of vacation week. Um, my face is as orange as those chairs back there. But <laughs> it was necessary for, for me to do that, to be a good leader and to um, reset my creative clock. This is the first thing I've done since coming off vacation was to talk with you guys. And it's been good because I'm, you know, you got to have the reset. You just got, I just figured it out. Will every creative on our team, we should start a trend only creatives managers, five day week creatives, four day week. How about that? It's almost like there's a, I don't know, like a, a biblical precedent to this. Something about Ooh. resting regularly. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's something well, I can't quite connect yet. There's nothing new under the sun, guys. Nothing new under the sun. <laughs> hey, uh, Dr. Jeff Sawyer, uh, friend, mentor, client, uh, manager, dad, everything. Like contractor. Contra- <laughs> <laughs> you are all. You are all. All that I need. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not as cool as some of your other guests you've had. I don't, I don't match up to the, the SEC folks and Aussie Dave. And, you know, I'm, I'm astounded by the quality of work that Reverb is doing. And so, and let's go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. I'm proud of it because I think you guys, a lot of you represent Lee. A lot of you represent what our office did. You know, Clark and I are more peers than we are. Um, Clark never worked for me, even though I was at Lee at the time, but you know, you Will, me a, a camera back in the Phil Stacy days, but go ahead, go ahead, Will and Tessa and John and, you know, and, and the people who've come and Carl and people who've come through there before and have moved on to other projects Abby. and Abby working for you guys that worked for me too. I, they, I'm proud of that. Like that, that is, you know, I'm humbled that you would bring me on your show just because I don't think that I, I don't think that we do what some of these other people are doing, but I do know that I can feel the pride in what my former students are doing and the people who work for us are doing through you guys. And so I can't, I haven't watched the John Bouvier SEC championship game because I can't, I can't, I can't. My, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I work at Lee. I went to Lee, but I'm a UT ball fan and it just crushed my heart. I'll go back and watch it. But, All that to say is, all that to say is, I'm really proud of you guys and and what you're doing and the innovation that you've done over this year 
to be a leader in real-time events when there aren't any real-time events going on, um, to be able to innovate and work with so many different clients in a variety of fields. So people out there, if you're considering hiring somebody to do things like this, if you're a church, these are the best. If you're sports, these guys are the best. If you're a university, they're taken. If, uh, cause they're exclusive, <laughs> exclusive. you can't have them, but if it doesn't Wait, matter where on. you are, that, did we sign that? Right. <laughs> no, there's no signatures. This is understood. Uh, <laughs> I think, but I think other brands, I, you could clip this for your promo pieces, right? I think other brands and other fields should be really thinking about what real time social, what event driven social, what media content you guys can make could benefit their brand, especially as events come back, especially mm -hmm. as travel comes back, especially as yeah. people are doing business in a new way. Yep. They need creative people, innovative people to help think through the way they've been doing things and see it in a different light because it is a different light. Hey, I was just on a plane. Planes are full. Airports aren't so much full yet, but they're getting there. And people, luxury brands, hotels, car companies, they should be hiring you guys to come show off what they're doing to give them, give people event envy so that they'll come to their events next time. Ooh. Ooh. Event envy. You can use that. Line. We don't Double make things look great. Well, we create event envy. Fill us for that one. Uh, you, a bill, there's a bill on the way. Trademarked. <laughs> Jeff, some, oh some super secret news is that there's, there's two, uh, two slots we're looking to fill right now, two positions we're looking to hire for. And there's, there's, there's Lee alum running in, in both of those spots. There's some people that we're considering that are Lee alum in both of those spots. So we might just continue to have the Lee fault. only policy. Hey, a select I, few. I think that's a testament to what we're doing, but it's a testament to what you guys are looking for. You're looking for people who want to work hard with excellence, with moral clarity and integrity and that reflects who your company is and the client should see that too and i think when they meet you guys not just clark you know when they meet all the people on your staff they'll know the secret sauce is the way you guys work with integrity and excellence which is hopefully what was ingrained at you at lee i'm gonna i'm gonna tie a small bow on this and it's a tweet that i saw from simon Sinek. no big deal last week i retweeted it, it says this a small team committed to a cause bigger than themselves can achieve absolutely anything. And that made me go, I don't want a big team. I want to stay small because right now we have this just incredible dynamic of people that believe in a purpose. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, we all just kind of feel we're going somewhere together. It's bigger than ourselves and we can achieve. Uh, he, he says absolutely anything. I would say almost anything. Um, thank you, Jeff, for helping us believe in something bigger than ourselves because you created that in so many of our uh our, our work family so thank you um yeah. that's it for the reaver roundtable today um incredible talking with a friend mentor colleague peer all that good stuff we'll see you next time in the meantime learners will always be the ones who change the world be committed to learning have a great day talk to you next time on the Reverb Roundtable. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Reverb Roundtable. Don't forget to grab the show notes for the episode by going to rvrb.cc forward slash podcast. We'll see you next week on the Reverb Roundtable.